You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 177, Tim Robertson, David Cohen, the Apple event clash of clans, Samsung and Amazon, all of that on this fun episode. And it is tech fan number 177. I'm Tim Robertson, and uh, David Cohen's in a hotel on his phone. Hello, David. Hello. So the audio is not going to be, you know, up to uh, the Cohen standards as is normal, but we make do with what we got, right? Indeed. I might be able to improve it during the show. We'll have to see. I've got bits and pieces rebooting and what have you here. So So we've got... um, a lot of stuff to talk about, to be honest. You know, yeah. we've got topics that we wanted to talk about last week that we kind of carried over. And we've got this huge Apple event that, as we record, happened yesterday. Uh, I actually have already done one podcast, OWC Radio, with Daniel East. That's going to be released uh, tomorrow as we record. And we go over the Apple event. So this is kind of my the second podcast I've done in a row talking about this big Apple event. And I expect to hear a completely different viewpoint. Absolutely. I'm going to reverse my stance <laughs> on everything. Um, so we're going to get into all the Apple stuff. Look, anybody listening to this, they already know everything that was released. They know all the tech specs. Yeah. But we're still going to get into a lot of that because, hey, it, it's a huge event. And uh, we're excited about it. At least I am. I can't speak yeah. for you, but I imagine you're... I, I am. I was frustrated by the... Disappointed performance of the video feed last night. Yeah, that wasn't um, the greatest at all. You know, especially the first twenty minutes when I was getting some very nice Mandarin translating everything into Mandarin. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I ended up watching most of it on kind of a, a live vlog, like kind of like we used to do. Yep. Um, but I was sat with a colleague who's also a big Apple fan in the office, so it was kind of fun to be able to talk talk through everything with him as it happened which is not something i normally get to do i normally sat my own watching it so the uh, same thing with me but i mine was a little different i was live tweeting the entire event for uh owc yeah uh at max sales and wow a two-hour event that you're live tweeting that you've you've got to comment on what's being said you're repeating what's being said you're taking screenshots of the event and posting them up on twitter at the same time and beyond all that you're watching and listening to the event and then when the video stream cuts out you're finding why well, i was smart because i had a bad feeling about the the whole live streaming thing i had three different websites that were live blogging that i was also mm-hmm. following along and i'm i'm replying and talking directly to people on twitter it was a excruciating long <laughs> two hours, but I got to be work. honest with you, hard it work. was, it was, it was a lot of hard work, but man, it was fun. And you'll hear, if you listen to uh, OWC radio with Daniel East, which I'm sure you'll listen to, it's the 14th episode. Um, you will hear us talk about the excitement leading up to this event and while it was going on. And he made some really great salient points my point is and was it felt like an apple event from years ago uh-huh. the excitement the anticipation 
it was there, there was something in the universe yesterday for this event and uh i don't know if you felt it but i sure did i i certainly certainly it was definitely something different than we've seen for a while um and uh i i, I did I, a lot of people were kind of because uh, i was in the office yesterday they were kind of you know, pulling my leg about it, saying, "Oh, you know, how excited are you, and what are you going to be doing, and all this sort of thing." Um, and I was kind of playing it cool, saying, "Well, you know, it's we know the phones are coming. We we think something else is coming. Don't know what that's going to look like, you know." Um, but it, it's sometimes if you get too overhyped by everything that's going on, you can be disappointed. So I said, "I'm just keeping an open mind." But but certainly, uh, the way they did the reveal on the watch was uh, was was very exciting and, and very interesting, you know. Do you want to start with the Apple event, or do you want to start with the other content? I'm going to leave it up to you. Oh, uh, let's start with the event while we're talking about it. Um, okay. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's one of the primary things people are interested in, and we'll, we'll mop up the rest as as and when we get tired of talking Apple. So, two brand new iPhones uh, pre-orders happen this Friday. I'm personally uh, very excited about that, and uh, you can buy the phones next week. But let's start at the top. The iPhone 5C is now a free phone with a two-year contract and the iphone 5s which is just a brilliant phone is now 99 dollars. Yeah. it's the same 5s that's out there right now they didn't redesign it they didn't do anything to it uh the 5s is going to be 99 bucks on our contract the yeah, 5s is a brilliant phone david and, and a couple of people have asked me in the last few months you know they're saying oh i need a new phone i've broken it or what should i do and i've said well hold off for the for the event that's coming in September but I did say to people said but that might not mean you're buying not buying the new phones it just means that the current phones will will drop in price um, of course I did explain to somebody because they were them coming oh you know well well maybe I should get the free one because because it's free and I was saying well it's not really free because the price you pay is the is the con- is the the monthly service right and they uh, pad and the price some, into it yeah sometimes if you if you put the money down for a for an unlocked phone you can actually get much cheaper surface so so you can save yourself in the long run um so we've been having those conversations but but certainly i mean even at even looking at contract to walk into a phone store and get a 5c for nothing or a 5s for for very little and the 5s is yeah it's still a brilliant if, phone. if apple if apple had gone through gone through this year and not updated the 5s um and i just said well here it is we're going to keep it. we're going to sweat it for another year it was it's still you know, equivalent to the to the uh, to the class leading phones from the competitors, I think, in terms of in terms of the way it performs. Uh, you know, maybe not spec for spec, but in terms of using it every day, I, I think it does. I think it does match up. Of so, course, you know, we talked about kind of extensively, or ex- extensively, uh, exhaustively is probably more the term. Uh, the idea of two new phones—you couldn't imagine them releasing two phones. Because the product tree would just be too big. This is exactly what they did. The iPhone 6 comes in a 4.7-inch display. And if they would have just stopped there, I think a lot of people would have been happy. But they didn't. They also released, or I should say announced, it hasn't been released yet, a 5.5-inch iPhone. And as I was live-tweeting it, I was actually asking people, uh, you have to buy, if you have to buy an iPhone 6, which one do you want? The 4.7 or the 5.5? And i got to be honest with you, it was almost even. Well, I think the the real differentiators for me, because I, I, a couple of people asked me about this, because they know that I, that when I'm traveling, I use a six inch phone. So they said, "Oh, how do you find it?" And my, my brother like was, was texting me saying, "Oh, I think six inch is too big. It won't go in your pocket." And it's and it's like, "Well, yeah, actually, it does 
fits in your pocket pretty fine. If you wear a jacket, it fits in a, in a jacket pocket fine. The only thing it won't fit into uh, a phone that size is a shirt pocket, yeah. you know, a front breast pocket, which some people like to carry their phones in. Um, it's amazing how quickly you get used to something that size, and you don't even feel too self-conscious putting it up to your ear to use it as a phone. Um, so the thing, I think the thing that's going to swing it for some people, I expect you'll see a few more of those in businesses because uh, for business users because you can obviously you can read documents a bit better on a, on a bigger screen uh but the the big thing is obviously that big uh back means you get a big battery yeah the um, specs are better, kind of yeah impressive um standby mode when your phone's just sitting there you're not doing anything with it you're waiting for a phone call the iphone 5s and the iphone 6 both have a 10 inch screen the iphone 6 plus a 10 inch screen 10 days of standby yeah the iphone 6 gets 16 days of standby that battery is significantly larger uh 3g talk 14 days on the iphone 6 10 on the 5s 24 days on the iphone 6 plus that bigger battery is yeah the thing with the 6 plus is even with that bigger much higher resolution screen um i reckon that thing will probably do a day and a half without blinking in terms of charge on right. regular use it's going to be Whereas, you know, nice <laughs> yeah well well i think you know if that's important to you if you don't like uh, you're kind of trading the bulk of carrying a smaller phone and maybe a battery to, into a bigger phone but obviously it's much much more convenient uh, and plenty of people take the current 5s and stick a mophie juice pack on it which kind of bulks it up anyway so um you know, I, I think I think a lot of people, probably more people than you might expect, are, are prepared to rock a bigger phone. Um, and and I still maintain that those bigger phones are aimed at the Asian markets because they're very very popular there. Um, and I think I think this is part. You know, Apple has been strongly pushing into Far East and China. Uh, and I think bringing out the bigger phone is not so much a reaction to a demand for it in the U.S. as much as is a demand in the Far East. So let me ask you, David: Is is the Cohen phone plan going to 4.7 or 5.5 well so so my my i i was on a contract with a five through work uh, and that contract is up uh, and i kind of managed a few months ago managed to wangle myself a 5s from somebody who was leaving but i still contractually speaking i'm, I'm eligible for an upgrade um now the situation for me is obviously work is paying for it so i i a i don't know how much it costs to run contractual arrangements um and and b i don't know how much they're prepared to pay they you know in the past they tend to go for the base phone what i'm going to do is i'm going to push for the 4.7 but the mid-range model because i want more storage my 5s is currently 16 gig and i really find that very small yeah 16 is pretty small nowadays when the base model is 16 and the model above that is 64 although (laughs) I realized as as we were talking on uh, OWC Radio, I think I was saying 32, but it, so much information came out in the last 24 hours about these products that hopefully people will uh, understand that it's a little confusing. And I wrote down the wrong number, and ah, it happens. But yeah, I you know, I I'm personally going to go with the the medium 64. I'm already bumping up yeah. against the restrictions on 32. Usually when I'm doing a video, I, I record a couple of videos at a concert uh, for my kids, and then it says, oh, you don't have enough space to continue recording. And I'm furiously deleting other things, uh, get, getting rid of this, getting rid of that, and then, oh, I can record again. So for me, more storage, 
cheaper price for the storage, that's a good thing. Absolutely. I think that's a clever thing to do is to keep the base model low in price and specification and then, um, then bump up the value for people who pay a little bit more. That's a good approach. So the one more thing this year was the Apple Watch. Uh, a lot of people were calling it the iWatch. Um, I, I'm still on the fence, David. I stopped wearing watches quite a long time ago. And well, I think, yeah, I, it, what, what came across to me is I think that Apple is actually targeting people who don't wear watches anymore. I think when they talk about entering a new category, they're not talking about a watch, entering the watch category. I think what they're talking about is we're entering a new category that we are creating, which is the supporting device on your wrist. And yeah. I think the uh, watch is that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else they could have called it, but it's less a watch and more... Look, this doesn't even run iOS. This is a brand new operating system. They said they didn't want to strip down iOS and put it on your wrist. Uh, this is a brand new operating system, which I'm sure is based somewhat on the underpinnings of both iOS and macOS. But yeah. I, I, I'm... You know, it, it's really about I'm going to have to see one in person. I'm going to have to put it on and I have to see what it does. Because, quite honestly, the big benefits of it that they showcased at the uh, at the event, eh, none of it really jumped out at me like, oh, I have to have that. This was the I, first what, new product Apple has come out with in a long time that I was, meh. I mean, it's I, impressive, I think, don't get me wrong. I just, I don't know if I want to wear a watch again. It really comes down to that. And especially a $350 well, watch on, ooh. Here's the thing that I think I think much like the uh, iPhone when it first came out and the iPad as well. I think this is a device that you have to see and touch to really kind of get it. Um, I also think that this is not a watch and it's not a fitness wearable uh, and it's not a thing that, that gives you messages from your phone. It's all of those things and more. The key thing for this for me is that it basically it's a it's another pocket computer flat platform. You can develop for it using the standard Apple tools. Uh, they're going straight into apps for it. And for me, the, uh, the the takeaway from this is this is a new platform. So the sky's the limit, which means it's going to be a while before we see really what the true benefits of this thing is. But I saw um, in the demos yesterday, I saw use cases for me. I often walk around when I'm on business trying to find places, find directions on my phone. I would much rather do that through something on my wrist rather than pulling my phone out looking like I'm a tourist waiting to get mugged. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I get an awful lot of email that I need to respond to frequently or straight away. So having notifications on my wrist while I'm in meetings and stuff is also a win for me. Um, you know, the fitness stuff is, is, is fine. I, I'm a Fitbit wearer, so I'm only in that, in that space. I wouldn't pay $350 for a replacement for, for my Fitbit. But if I get that along with this device, then I'm kind of cool with that. I, for me, I just have to see it, touch it, feel it, see what it feels like. And then I think for people who are on the fence about it, it doesn't really matter because uh, next year's model will be thinner, lighter, and probably cheaper. And I think if you look at how the iPods have, have developed, how the iPhones have developed, how the iPads developed. Um, Apple's going to stick with this in the next three, four years' time. It might be a slow start. I mean, 
three, four years' time, they're going to be selling millions every quarter, and lots of people are going to be wearing them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the market that Apple's in. It's, it's, a, it's not just the watch market. It is the, the risk computer market, and I think they're trying to create it. The classic iPod is dead, David. Uh, it is. Um, that's kind of... Well, it is and it isn't. I, I find, found myself thinking that the uh, the kind of the digital crown they were talking about on the on the Apple Watch is basically the uh, it's basically the click wheel. The click trunk. wheel. So yeah. actually, the Apple Watch. Yeah, it's the spiritual successor to the iPod. It it is, but they don't sell the iPod anymore. The iPod Classic is no longer in the Apple Store. I know. And a lot a lot of people were waiting for that to to die. It was almost kind of like a, a death pole. And it finally happened. I'm not surprised though. I have I'm not surprised either. I what I have one at home and it, and it suddenly jumped up in value, so I'm kinda of pleased about that. Yeah, so. I, I've got um, I've got a fifth generation black one that has a two hundred and fifty gig hard drive in it and it has all of my music on there. And I occasionally take it with me to work because, as I've said on this podcast, it's a four-and-a-half-hour four one-way drive if the traffic is good. But I still don't use it in the car. I bring it with me quite often, but I can't tell you the last time I actually yeah. used it. It's just, meh. You know, I've got enough stuff on my on my iPhone. Or if I want to hear something totally different, I could fire up Spotify or Pandora or App. Apple's radio thing, which I think has been a colossal failure up to this point. Uh, I don't know anybody who uses Apple streaming service radio thing. Do you? Well, well, I don't, but then I'm in the UK where we don't have it here. So. Yeah. <laughs> Even here in the US, I don't know anybody who uses it. It's still, it's either Spotify and more people. I, I got to say more people I see using Spotify or it's Pandora. Uh, Apple's offerings is just anemic compared to, what else is out there and maybe the whole beats media streaming thing that's going to be what replaces itunes radio but yeah so far it's nah it's not there but going back to the iWatch, you know i'm still i think i'm going to be on the fence for a while i don't see myself buying it right out of the gate and i don't think out of the gate is going to be until may or june yeah i don't i also think that they need to finish it's clearly not done yet um, and um, even the hands-on area at, at the uh, at the event yesterday, apparently people were having it demoed to them, but they weren't able to handle it themselves. Uh, so, it was a video running on them. Um, it's, yeah. yeah. So so basically, there's a lot of work to be done. I don't think they've pinned down the uh, the specs and the functions yet. I also wouldn't be surprised if the price changed between now and launch. Mm, I think I, maybe. I think they'll turn around and say uh, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll poll how people have, have reacted to it. But I think between now and launch, they'll turn around and say, "Oh, we managed to squeeze, squeeze something out of the production cycle, and uh, and now it's cheaper. Now it's three hundred on three fifty. That would be a a surprising move. But I tell you, it wouldn't be as surprising as YouTube coming on. At the end, I mean, a lot of people expected YouTube because those rumors are floating around. But then to give away an album in iTunes, uh, the album is uh, Songs of Innocence from U2, for them to give that away for free, I thought, and look, it's not for free. You know Apple paid them some bucks to do that. Uh, And they've got the money to do it. But wow, what a great promotional thing. 
And yet, all the news today isn't talking about the free album from U2. It's talking about the iWatch. So the iWatch is kind of overshadowing shadowing the fact that U2 gave away a studio album uh, in iTunes. And it's a good album, too. It's it's better than their last. It's, it's quickly becoming one of my favorite U2 albums. It's really, really good. Wow. I've not had a chance to listen to it yet. It's but, good. Um, yeah. I, I, look, I, I think... What I, I found only found slightly interesting about that really was that given the hookup with Beats, I thought they would, uh, and the fact they they made a big deal that oh we're all about music and we're gonna do we're gonna have you two and then the album announcement and everything. I thought you know Beats would kind of be associated with that, and instead they got a I think they got a name check once in the uh, during the keynote, and that was about it really. Yeah, that was about it. That's kind of surprising. I didn't think about it that way. I mean, Dr. Dre is part of Apple now. And he's a musician. I mean, but let's be yeah. honest. If you can have Dr. Dre give an album away in iTunes or U2, there's no comparison. And I like Dre's music, some of it. Um, but universally, U2 is the biggest band in the world. No question. So Yeah, but bearing in mind it was an album giveaway, you kind of would have expected Jimmy Yavine maybe to be on stage talking about it. That would have made sense, too. I don't know. Yeah. There's there's more events planned, I'm sure. No word at all on the iPad. Nothing. No. Nope. No. Nothing at all. I expect an an event or at least an announcement in another 30 days or so. Yeah. After the iPhone 6 and and 6 Plus has been launched and it's out in the wild and people stop complaining that they can't get the model that they want because it's sold out. Although I don't think they're going to have that big of a problem this time because it's two different models. And it does seem to be people are split right down the middle on which one they want. And gold, I don't think that's going to be... I mean, that's what happened in the 5S launch. Everybody wanted the gold one. And there was a months-long waiting list to get one. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be an issue here. I, I wonder about the Plus, though, because that's the one that's not had any production leaks. So I wonder whether that's behind in production. Uh, uh, it, it had some production leaks. There were there were videos and pictures and um, specs. I mean, but the four point seven was definitely more widely reported. Yeah. But in the last couple of weeks, I saw uh, obsessively the iPhone six plus. It's it was the back end. People were putting fake displays on the front, and and it was exactly like the leaks. I mean. Uh, there was a lot of leaks leading up to this event, and I've got to got to say though, I, I from what I've seen the pictures, I really like the new look of the devices though. I do too. It, it I look as soon as the pictures came up, I thought, oh wow, it looks just like the original iPhone with that curved side. Kinda. <laughs> and, yeah, and and I I always really like that form factor. So, so uh, did I. Yeah. In fact, I like it more now than I did just a couple of years ago because I think we're getting far enough away from it. And this is probably more reminiscent of the original iPhone than what's come before. Um, or though maybe, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of the uh, 3GS too, which is basically like the original iPhone. Um, but what really reminds me of the original iPhone is the iWatch, the same type of styling, the same metal look around the face. And it uh, more than a few people when I was doing the live Twitter stream was mentioning that it reminded them of the original iPhone. I found that interesting. Um, you know, there's a lot of new stuff coming out from Apple. We're going to have plenty of episodes to talk about, especially when it's released and we've got it in hand. Uh, iOS drops uh, next week, a week from today as we record, uh, September 17th. And 
that's going to make your iPhone 5 and 5S seem like a brand new device too. Uh, I think for a lot of people that are on the fence whether they want to get a new phone or not, as soon as they install the new iOS, they're going to go, ah, you know what? I like This is awesome. I'm going to keep this for a while. Um, at least that's my hope because if I go in and want to get a 5.5-inch iPhone 6 Plus, I want to be able to buy one. I don't want to be on a waiting list. <laughs> but that's just me. Well, the solution to that is just not buy one straight away. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, to get these things everywhere let's talk about something else but before we do that let's take a quick break and hear about another show here in the stoplight network we'll be right back now let me tell you something brother all you hulkamaniacs get out your shovels your cultivators and your sunscreen and listen to the your own victory garden podcast on the stoplight network what you gonna do when hulk hogan's green thumb runs wild on you Back here on Tech Fan Podcast number 177, Tim Robertson, David Cohen hiding out in a hotel. The feds can't find him there. Um, <laughs> that's why the audio isn't as good. When you're incognito, you know, it's you got to live with either Wi Fi or, or 4 or 3G. So that's what that is. Uh, let's yep. talk about some other stuff. I mean, this Apple event was cool, uh, but there's a lot of other things going on that we kind of want to touch on. Number one for me, Amazon, six weeks ago, releases the Amazon Fire Phone to much fanfare. We talked about it. I heard about it on a lot of different podcasts. A lot of websites talked about it. Some early reviews came out. Eh, it didn't look as good as you know some people were hoping. Amazon announced this week, number one, yesterday during the Apple event, hey, it's available in the UK. And number two, yeah. it's now a 99-cent <laughs> phone. And and what you and I both had the same reaction when we saw that, which is oh, still sounds a bit pricey. Yeah, it's for a little, what it is. Uh, <laughs> is that is that under a contract? I mean, ninety nine cent. Maybe if it's not under a contract, I might be interested. But under a contract, ninety nine cent, uh, a little rich for my blood. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. It's a failure, isn't it? Uh, it it does appear to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, look. All, all credits them for trying something different. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I'm all about innovation. I'm all about competition. I don't want to come across as an Apple fanboy that the only stuff I, I buy is Apple. It's, that's just simply not true. I am a technology lover, as you well know. And as the people that's been listening to this show knows, we love technology. I wanted to like this Amazon Fire Phone. I really did. I haven't held one. I haven't seen one in person. But the reviews were... <laughs> You know, it, number one, that scared me away right off the bat. And number two, to drop the price after six weeks to 99 cents and to release it. Your press release goes out the same day as the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus is announced and the iWatch. Nobody's paying attention to Amazon when they make that announcement. I mean, I, 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 it, it has to be a failure. It does seem to be. A, yeah, it does seem to be. And. You know, it, it, in some ways it is kind of sad, um, but the people I really feel sorry for, it's for anybody who dropped full price on that thing of the last six Oh, months. I would be ticked. I mean, that, there's a difference between a product that's been out for six months coming down in price and a product that after a month and a half drops to 99 cents. I'd be going back to my carrier wanting money. It, because it was premium priced. It was, it was, it, it was the same price point as the iPhone. 
I spent a couple yeah. hundred bucks for this, and all of a sudden now it's 99 cents? Oh, no. No, 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 no. I would be going to my carrier. I would be very, very upset. I'd be getting a hold of Amazon however you can. Uh, I would be I would be livid. I would not be a happy camper. And I would be so ticked off that I would threaten to leave my carrier if they didn't make it right by me. And I would probably start looking at other online vendors instead of Amazon because I would have felt like I got royally screwed. Yeah, because you... Whatever the situation with the products, and let's face it, a lot of tech products fail. You expect somebody who has the resources, and let's face it, Amazon certainly has the resources, to stand by the thing and um, to make things right. Even, that's, even Apple, who does not have a great reputation for, uh, uh, you know, Apple has a reputation for sometimes throwing its users under a, under a bus when it decides... It wants to change course. Even Apple, when they dropped the price of the iPhone soon after launch, immediately made it right with everybody. Yeah, they gave out uh, gift certificates for the Apple Store. That's how I got Tiger. I think it was Tiger. Maybe, maybe Leopard. I forget at this point. It's been so long ago. Whatever the operating system from Mac OS X 10 came out in 2007, I got basically for free because uh, I had this credit from Apple because I paid full price for the original iPhone. And then they dropped in price. So they made it right. I, I haven't seen anything about Amazon making it right, have you? No, I haven't. And that's, let's not prejudge that. That's not to say they're not doing that if you call them up. But the thing is, I, I think it just it smacks of, of a real uh, kick in the teeth. You shouldn't anything. have to call them up. It should be, if they are going to make it right, it, that should be front and center of the, the price drop announcement. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they should, they should be refunding people saying, it, not this isn't working and and let's be honest know. after what they've been going through lately with uh book publishers and authors they don't need any more negative pr they don't but I, I, there is a there is a distinct feeling now that they just don't care samsung unveils a galaxy note 4 with extras but no breakaway features that was a story from uh, reuters yeah go ahead and talk I, about this for a second i gotta step away from the keyboard for one second david yeah, my, my, the reason I put this in our show notes list it's, um, was not actually to call out the review per se, or even the product. I, I don't know very much about the Note 4, but I know that um, I, obviously it's, it's broadly similar to what, what's just been launched from Apple with the, uh, with the 6 Plus. But, but what, I, what kind of really caught my attention with this is the fact that Samsung is now starting to get some of that kind of gated tech press uh tech press <laughs> it was like you know here's here's samsung's best shot and and you know to get a to get a a story that just kind of goes oh well there's nothing really new here which is you know it, it just the whole the whole kind of article just it, it, it stank to me if somebody was just going through the motions of writing it up um had not really really paid any attention to the product itself um and um it's becoming a bit of a of a a bit of a non-story to say, oh well, you know, tech, here's a here's a new version of a piece of technology, and it's just been incrementally improved. Improved. What a what a you know what a bore. It's like, <laughs> hang on a minute, <laughs> that's that's pretty much every product going. You know, go out and buy a box of cereal, and then you'll find that within two years, General, uh, you know, Post or uh, or General Foods or anything will come up and say new improved recipe. I mean, that is what manufacturing is all about you do something and people buy it then you incrementally improve it with the new versions to kind of castigate people for that seems to me a bit 
a bit blasé, you know. Yeah, it's it's hard to feel sorry for Samsung. Um, as and again, we're trying not to be Apple fanboys here, but as people who love technology and love innovation, it was just so obvious that all Samsung's early whatever you want to call it, uh, R&D or plans or whatever, was simply to copy, to photocopy the iPhone well, and to rip off every idea Apple came out with. I, I, I would stand by that statement and agree with it. But what I would give Samsung a little bit of credit for, and this is kind of what slightly ticked me off about this Reuters article, is that they have done a little bit more than that. In they that have they recently. Have- yes, absolutely. And I think that this article is is kind of unfair to Samsung because... The Galaxy Note 4 is not like an iPhone. It is its own beast. And, and they did kind of... Uh, HTC may may disagree. But they did kind of pioneer some of this stuff. And I, they're not I, getting any credit at all. I, I mean, the iPhone 6 Plus that's just been launched would not exist if it wasn't for Samsung. Let's, let's put that out there. The, Samsung pretty much defined that kind of phablet, the, you know, the, the mixed phone tablet of a large phone market and the reason they did that was because yeah they were in that respect they weren't just copying apple they basically said um and i think they deserve a little bit of credit for this is let's just not see what a four inch phone or a three and a half inch phone does in the market let's put a whole range of different sizes out and see which ones take off and the the galaxy note series is one of the is one of the ones that really has captured the imagination of of the public i mean a lot of people really like those things yeah uh, so I, I what what kind of ticked me off about the royce's article is that here they've gone and improved the, the galaxy notes this is a this is a, a product segment that people are clearly interested in uh and instead of kind of saying oh well have what look at what what are they doing in this space or anything the writer just went oh well you know it's just just a little bit better i'm bored um and just didn't really even bother to try and do a proper job on on reporting on it i agree with you it's uh i'm sure the, the ones that are most disappointed are galaxy note fans and samsung themselves and it is a popular product there's no question i think to a certain degree i kind of agree with you that samsung kind of got to this big screen market way before anybody else and now everyone is kind of rushing to catch up i don't know if apple is quite the same um i think they always intended to come out with a bigger screen iphone they were just waiting for better batteries they were waiting for better technology and for when it made sense and but i don't know i it's a hard one i don't know if i can give samsung the credit that apple is following their lead in a larger screen device it's more new. It's more nuanced than that, but certainly in terms of trailblazing that market, I think Samsung shares some of the responsibility there, and I think that is uh, is one of the few areas they've shown some innovation in what they do. I, I, to me, the, here's my issue with it: it's not like it was some kind of innovative idea. It's just looking at the iPhone and go, "Let's make a bigger one." Well, that's <laughs> not really inventing an entire market thing there. It's that's saying, "Let's make a bigger one." Um, well, you know, I, I, it's like that's not really innovation. That's Samsung that's very, obviousness. Yeah, Samsung very heavily markets their devices, though, and I think what they did do, if you could say they did anything that was innovative, is they they really worked fairly hard to try and come up with a, a, a use case for these larger phones. Oh, I agree with you there, and and some of the stuff they've done, like the the built-in covers, 
on the notes. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's still really hard for me to give Samsung credit because I, I want to see innovation. I think that HTC did a lot of innovation. I think Nokia has done a fabulous job of innovating. It, it's been a colossal failure. I think Microsoft in their mobile platform was very creative, even though that's been pretty much a failure. Uh, but I give credit where credit's due. The companies that are actually out there innovating and trying to do something different, including Amazon with the Fire Phone, which we were just kind of making fun of, at least they try. They're doing something different and innovative. Samsung didn't do that. They came right out of the gate just trying to copy the Apple. That's all they did. They just tried to copy every single thing that Apple did. And ah, I don't know. That that kind of bothers me. And and that leaves a bitter taste in my mouth that yeah, I, I want to go away. I do because up until this point I always liked Samsung products, you know. I had a television that before my flat panels was the best TV I ever owned. And it was a Samsung. So I liked their products. I never had a problem with them. I had older pre-iPhone Samsung flip phones. Other than, well, I never was a big BlackBerry guy, but I like the Razors and I like the Samsung stuff. So, I, you know, I, I don't want to come across as a, 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 a an Apple fanboy who just doesn't like them because of what they did. But, and it's not that they copied Apple, it's just that they copied and they were so, it, it was so obvious, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what really bothers me. Yeah. And, and that, so, I yeah. You know, we've had the court case that has shown, you know, very much how how much they... they Internal they documentation, just that's exactly what they were saying. They were just going to copy Apple, ripping them off. And I don't like that. That's, I, you know, when it comes down to it, David, that's really what it's about to me. Honesty and, and integrity. Now, I know in a corporate environment, it's hard to have integrity. How does a corporation have integrity? Well, there's ways. You know, GM causes the death of people from faulty parts. They finally have a, a recall on cars even 13, 15 years old. They should be called out on that. Yeah. Uh, Samsung stealing from another company, they should be called out on that. I can eventually forgive some things. And what Samsung da, did, I've kind of forgiven them for at this point because it's, it's history at this, this juncture. But I don't know. When companies do stuff like that, it leaves a, a lasting bad taste in my mouth. It really does. I can't help it. It's just who I am. And I think we, I think we recognize that Samsung are not doing so well at the moment, even though they're uh, selling a lot of phones. Well, they're racing to the bottom, and that was the problem with the cell and the entire cell phone industry pre-iPhone. It was a race to the bottom. You wanted to spend ninety-nine cents to next to nothing, which I guess ninety-nine cents technically is next to nothing. Uh, on a phone that was the market it was the cheapest ugliest phones the only one that was doing anything kind of innovative was blackberry uh yes the the motorola razor was cool but the operating system was atrocious the screen sucked on them it just the device itself was kind of cool looking and that's why they were popular but it was a race to the bottom people just it, it was a it was a market that was going to crash for everybody except the carriers and it was a hundred percent Apple who turned all of that around, and the companies yeah. that are trying to innovate now haven't seen a lot of success. And of course, the ones who didn't change at all until it was too late, like BlackBerry, uh, you know, they're they're going bye bye at this point. That being said, Samsung yeah, copied, and and 
I don't see a lot of innovation from them still. Yes, the Note is pretty cool, but... And the watch... It's so obvious to anybody that they only came out with the Samsung watch because they knew Apple was going to come out with a phone or with a watch themselves, and they wanted to beat them to market. That's all it's about. And and, and and it's crappy. I think I think it is going to be interesting. I mean, those those new watches don't uh, haven't really taken the market by storm. No, in fact, uh, I've seen on Craigslist and and eBay, people will get a free watch from Samsung with their phone, and they're trying to sell the watch because it's crap. They don't want it. So it'll be interesting to see if the uh, if the Apple Watch actually takes off in a way that those other devices yeah, haven't. You know, I would worry about that, except it's Apple, and Apple just knows how to do this kind of stuff. That's what it, they it's, do. It's all- it's all going to come down to whether, the, as you were saying, the concept of a watch is in itself inherently flawed and not many people want them, yeah. or whether the flaw is not the, not the device itself but the execution. I, I think what, what I, what's clearly I saw yesterday in the, in the videos is that Apple has done a heck of a job in trying to get the execution right. Um, so now we'll see whether, in fact, that, that's enough. To, to turn this into a category, yeah. whether in fact you know, if, if, let's face it, even 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 Apple can't pull it off, then then definitely there's, there's, it's got no legs. You know, we've talked about Apple's new product announcements and their phones and the watch. We've talked about Samsung and their watches and their phones and Amazon with watches and phones. I, let's talk about something totally different here at the end, David. One of the things that I've been doing lately was uh, playing some games on my iPad. And I sent you a list of some of the games that I've been playing, and they all have something very in common. Uh, I don't know if it was the first, but I know it was the most popular. You did. Yeah. (laughs) I I know that this was the first popular one. I don't know if it was the first of its kind, but this was the game that everybody kind of uh, latched onto. All these different game makers and said, hey, we're going to make one like this too. And that was Clash of Clans. Yes. You know, Clash yeah. of Clans, I actually downloaded it a while ago, and I never installed it on my iPad. Uh, I don't know how it slipped by, but it did. And then I saw, maybe two weeks ago, a game called Star Wars Commander. Now, I'm a Star Wars fan, so as soon as I saw this, and it was free, I'm going to give this a try. So I downloaded it, and I started playing it, and I said, you know what? This plays exactly like another game that I got a couple weeks before that called Falling Skies, which is based off a television show that I enjoy. And I posted on Facebook, hey, this game is cool, and it's, it's, it's a lot like uh, Falling Skies, where it's resource gathering, it's attacking other bases, you don't control the men, you just de- you deploy them up in a place on a map, and they kind of go, well, they're kind of stupid, they attack dumb things, and even if a, something is shooting them, they'll, they'll ignore it and continue attacking something. It's very frustrating. Um, and their time sucks, and they're designed for you to, to become impatient and spend real money on gems or currency or gold or steel or whatever the the game play mechanics are. That's what they're designed for, but I don't fall for that. I go, nope, I'll just wait for two days before I can do anything else. I'm happy to put it away and read. Uh, but someone, uh, a good friend of mine named Mark Thornton, which I'd love to get Mark on the show one day, one of my oldest friends, um, he said, is that like Clash of Clans? And I thought, I don't know. So I looked, I was going to go download Clash of Clans if it was cheap, and iTunes said I had already downloaded it. (laughs) So I put that on my iPad as well and started playing, and I said, wow, it's exactly like Clash of Clans. And I like these games, David. They're fun. I don't know if you've got much experience in playing these games or not, 
or games of this nature. But I tried. Uh, I tried Star Wars Commander and I tried Samurai Siege. Yeah, Samurai Siege is um, another one. Yeah, and I've got to be honest with you. Maybe, maybe it's the steepness of the, of the learning curve, but I, I, they, they just. They don't really get. They don't really grab me, and yeah. and the reason is, is I can see, I can see the roadblocks coming, the timers coming, and it just kind of puts me off. I, it's not that I don't like free games that have timers in. I I play a couple, play a heck out of two. One called Sky Force, which is kind of a arcade. It's like a throwback to the vertical scrolling shoot 'em ups. Really, really good. Um, and I also play. Uh, I've been playing the hell out of a game called Plunderdorts, which is kind of like a, a 3D space combat game. Give me the names again, because I'm going to write them down so I can put these in the show notes. Um, it's uh, Skyforce. Skyforce. Which, which is the shoot 'em up one, and then this game called Plunderdorts, where you basically have to uh, fight individual 3D space battles. Um, and both of these games are very much centered around upgrading your ship getting resources that allows you to buy things to upgrade your your ship and and it, which and you can get over time as you progress or you can spend real money and do it quicker yeah, buy virtual currency yeah, yeah. to get quick uh and um you know there's a bit of loot gathering and that sort of thing in both of these games now i i enjoy both of those and both of those eventually if you play them enough you hit what effectively is the paywall where you've got to let the timers cool down before you play again but I don't mind it on those games. The games are fun enough while I'm playing them until I hit the wall that um, that I don't mind it. The problem I have with the Clash of Clans style games is that a lot of the stuff you're doing to generate your resources just I don't find particularly fun. It's building stuff. Uh, there's not yeah. enough action in it for me. To me, I, I want to be out doing the action stuff and winning rewards for that. And then if I have to wait for stuff to build and everything, I don't mind. But what I don't want to do is... I spend 20 minutes, half an hour setting up my base, and then all of a sudden I realize, well, I've got to wait for all of that to do before I can do anything else, and then I have to go away. For me, that doesn't work. So I, I've, kind of, I've, I've kind of hit a bit of a roadblock with these, these types of games, because I'm certainly not going to spend any money. I, I would usually be with you on that, but I'm really enjoying these games. Um, and I found the key to enjoying them. If I want to play for 20 minutes, which is about as long as I ever play any of these games... Uh, you can play for a good 20 minutes when you first start these games for the first day or two. But after that, you've got about five minutes of play, and then you're stuck at the roadblock again unless you want to spend really mo uh, real money or you're going to have to wait. So here's the key, David. I downloaded about seven games that are pretty much all the same. And there's my 20 minutes or so. I go from all one right. game to the next. And... I thought I would have a problem kind of keeping them all separate in my brain since they're so similar. Nope, no problem at all. Uh, the, like I said, the first one that I really played was Falling Skies. That's probably the weakest of the bunch. That's the, my least favorite. Uh, I like Star Wars Commander the most. Not just because it's Star Wars, but it's just really put together well. The presentation, the story, it's, it's really done. And they've got actual Star Wars music in there and not just the theme and not just Darth Vader's music, but... This orchestration, just it's really it's really well done. Uh, my next one after that would be Clash of Clans. Uh, Samurai Siege was high up at, for a while, but that's starting to drop. My next favorite would be, and I didn't even tell you about this one, Troll Wars. Troll Wars is unique in that when you launch the game, you can pick a side. Okay, I'm going to be with this troll-looking guy or this witch-looking lady. But here's the thing. You could do both. 
so you you do the guy and you build up the little base and you, you're done you quit the game go back in and then pick the other one and then you could do the same thing over there so it's essentially the same game but it's twice it's two player but it's not two player you understand what i mean it's two games in one that's really what it is and i kind of like that I, i'm really enjoying these games i understand why they're so popular uh, i launch my game and clash of clans and i see somebody attacked my base uh, it doesn't really have any lasting effect on your base they repair themselves like immediately and you just continue to go uh, but i could see if my defense worked oh look this is how and i can actually replay and see what they did Oh, look, they're all getting in over here, so I'm going to put this over here now. Uh, it, I just really enjoyed it. I think they're they're fun games. The only one I've actually spent money on was Star Wars Commander. I spent 10 bucks on it. And I almost felt obligated to do it, David, because I've been playing it so much and I enjoy it so much that I want the developers to have some kind of a monetary reward for my entertainment. I'm a firm believer in, you know, yes, this is a shareware program on your mac or your pc and you don't have to pay any more because of this it does what you want but if you really like it it's donation where you can send them money well you know what if you're using it and it's become part of you know your arsenal of apps that you're using on a daily basis you should send that developer some money you should support him because if you don't and more people are like you who don't they're not going to continue to develop them. They're not going to upgrade them for the newest operating systems coming out. They're not going to add new features that would make it even better because they're not getting paid to do it. You know, you can only do charity that's so a, much. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, no, I, I accept that. Um, that is a fair point. Um, I, with some of the games like the Plundernauts game, I did kind of wish there was a, a pay version where you could pay one fee and get the whole thing unlocked. Yeah, most um, of those kind of games... Most of those kind of games is you get a, a temporary monetary value in-game currency that you use right then, and then uh, two days later, you're back to where you were. And the, I don't like those. Uh, the only thing that I spent for Star yeah. Wars Commander um, is I wanted yeah. more builders so I could do more than two things at once. So I spent 10 bucks. now I've got four builders, and I'm happy. And I, I don't see spending any more money, but they got $10 from me. And I think if I play this game every day for the next year... That's worth ten bucks to me, especially in the the iOS app ecosystem of how yes. much things cost. That's right. A paid game is is rarely more than four ninety nine. Right. And if the if everything would have been unlocked and there was nothing stopping you from progressing at a much faster pace, and it just it's four ninety nine, I would have bought that. Yeah. But I wanted two workers, and that was about ten dollars worth. So that's what I did. They got money from me makes them happy and it makes me happy too to be honest with you i'm not a freeloader at that point it may be freeloader is kind of a strong term to use but you know i i wanted to show my appreciation for the game and i wanted extra guys it was worth 10 bucks to me fair enough but that's the trick to these kind of games so anybody who plays clash of clans and wishes you could play more there's a bunch of games just like it <laughs> so here are my and i already said them but here they are clash of clans Star Wars Commander, Samurai Siege, which is still a good game. Don't get me wrong, I like it. Falling Skies, and Troll Wars. So that's, what, five games? Yeah. Five games that I play back to back to back to back to back. And uh, it takes about ten minutes on each game now. And I'm good for six hours or so. Some a little less, some a little more. But every six hours, six to eight hours, I'll pick it up again. 
I'll upgrade this. I'll build some more troops. I'll attack this village over here. And I put it away, play the next one, do the same thing. And that gets my fix. And if I don't come back to it after a couple days, I'm fine with that too. Because I know there's going to be stuff waiting for me to do. They've collected even more money since when I stopped playing it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I enjoy the games. I understand why people wouldn't. And I probably would have thought I wouldn't enjoy it either. I mean, because in some respects, they're very frustrating. And I don't mean the waiting period. I mean, you know, I we both grew up playing games like Warcraft and Starcraft, where you yeah. directly controlled your character. I want you to attack this building. Yeah. That doesn't happen in these kind of games. And that kind of is... Honestly, it's very frustrating. As I deploy my troops, I want them to go after the cannon first because if they don't, the cannon is just going to decimate their ranks. I mean, I've got 20 samurai warriors all attacking the gold mine, and there's two cannons right there just blasting them to oblivion, and they won't stop attacking the gold mine to go get rid of the cannons. Maybe that's the innovation in this sort of game is instead of paying money for more resources, you pay money to upgrade the intelligence of your troops. Oh, I would do that in a heartbeat in all these games. I'd give them five bucks each if it just made the the troops to attack anything that's attacking them or anything that's an actual threat. Go after that first. I would pay money for that. But, oh, it gets a little frustrating. I'm like, dude, stop hitting the wall and attack the cannon right behind you. That's not behind a wall. Get that first. But, no. Maybe they're intended to be a simulation of real war where as soon as the battle starts, everything gets a bit chaotic. Yeah, it just drives me crazy. Um, but it's a lot of fun at the same time. So I, I'm not... It's a frustration more than it is a complaint. I, I enjoy the games. If if it was to the point where it was just ridiculous and I couldn't handle it, I'd just delete the games and move on. But I'm still enjoying yeah. them. So, And there's special events too, like Star Wars had, oh, I think it was 30 missions that was only available for three days. And uh, that was fun. You get special rewards that you can add to your arsenal later in the game because you beat the levels. That was kind of fun. That was kind of innovative that it was, and it felt like an event. This is only going to be available for two days and then it goes away forever. I think that's kind of cool. I wish other games would do stuff like that. Now, I take it with these games that you have to be online to play. Yes, they're all online games. If if they don't connect to the server, you can't play. Now, Which, it, it, eh. It's starting to frustrate me that a little bit as well. And, that, and that's another thing that kind of put me off these games because I, I hit against that while I was traveling. Um, and, uh, you know, Plundernauts is like that as well. It won't play unless you're online. And that is also frustrating. The Skyforce one I mentioned does play if you're offline, which I, I like. The, the issue I have with these online connections is that if we're not careful, we'll end up in a situation a few years' time where if you're on a trip, you won't be able to play any games because they'll all require network access and you won't have it. That's true, too. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Uh, one of the things I don't like about these games is there's a few of them that doesn't respect how I turn my iPad. You know, it, it wants to play in portrait mode, which is or uh, horizontal, which is fine, but it, it's turned the wrong way. It's like, why do I have to turn my iPad? Can't you see that I'm holding it in this portrait view and just make the change? Just change automatically. They will if I go in and unlock the screen. Right. But why should I have to? Yeah. It, that's kind of irritating more than anything. You get used to it, and it's like, okay, first I turn it to the right to play this game, then I turn it to the left to play this game, and then I go back to the right for the next two games, and finally the last game is i got to turn it back to the right again, or to the left again. That's kind of asinine. Yeah. I mean, I could just unlock my screen and take care of it, but 
the problem there is I forget to turn it on. I go to a website and oh look, it's it's freaking out. It's rotating left and right on me because I moved a little bit. Because uh, I almost always have my screen lock on. I don't know about you. Oh, what the solution there is a square iPad. Hmm, there's an idea. A square <laughs> iPad. Well, the, you know, they're probably going to have new iPads next month sometime. At least that's my prediction. And it's traditionally what they've done. And yeah. uh, after yesterday, I'm, I'm kind of glad Apple didn't bring up iPad and, and get into new iPads. And and we've had a discussion. What do they do with the iPad at this point? I Style-wise, I guess, if they make it look more like the iPhone 6s. I, I reckon... I wouldn't surprise me if... I mean, it really, we've talked about this before. The iPad Air and the iPad Mini are pretty much perfect form factors now. Yeah. Thin, they're very light. It wouldn't surprise me at all, and I wouldn't be too unhappy if they just basically put the new A8 chipset in there and said, right, we're done. Yeah. Uh, and and basically... It was I'd like to a, see more storage. Yeah. Well I, well, I suppose they could adopt the same 16, 64, 128... Um, you know what? I have a 128 gig iPad Air, and it's nearly full. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I do too. It's when you have the space, you're going to use the space. That's just how it is. All the stuff which I don't use. But. Oh, I know, but you know. And then when it comes time to to get rid of stuff, you're like, uh, I haven't played this, but I might want to. The problem the problem I have is that uh, it's so, if you delete stuff off your iOS devices, it's so easy to forget you own it. Um, oh, that's I I I have made it a point, David. Every couple of months, I go into the Apple Store app on my iPad, and yeah. I look into purchases. I yeah. mean, Clash of Plans, like I was talking, I didn't even realize I had downloaded, it, and that's because I downloaded it on iTunes on the Mac and not on the device. And then I just forgot to put it on. You know, I I have automatic install apps turned off. So if I download something on my computer, it does not automatically install on on my iPad or iPhone. <laughs> problem with purchases is that if you delete if you delete something and then it gets withdrawn from the store then you can't ever get it back uh, and the other thing is yeah. that i think purchases list is is fairly unwieldy it's not really very easy even if you flick through it to see to spot stuff in the massive icons i'd much rather see a situation where you could on the ipad you could actually mark it as deleted but it will leave a placeholder and then when you uh, when you clicked on it, it then will say, "Well, I need to download this if you want to run it now." Mm. I'd rather see a situation like that rather than, you know, when you delete it, it's gone, and then if you're not careful, you forget you forget you've ever had it. I get where you're coming from, but I would hate that feature. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want if it's not on there, I don't want to see the the, the icon. The only thing my problem is, and we we've all done this. Everyone listening to this this podcast has done this. You arrange all your icons just the way you want them. You've created the folders. Uh, six months later, you've deleted half the apps, but you haven't rearranged anything. You've got folders with one item in it now. <laughs> it's like, uh, I guess it's time that I got to go in here. And yes, you could you could do it on the on the Mac. You can rearrange your icons and layout and stuff like that on both your iPhone and iPad. But good lord, doing that in iTunes is terrible. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. David, we are at that magical about an hour mark at this point so we need to wrap up this episode of tech fan if people want to get a hold of us how should they do that uh you can find me at a hotel in croydon and uh it's the it's called the wednesdaydale hotel so just send them a letter yeah and at- address it to scooby doo <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> or you could send an email to david at techfanpodcast.com uh or tim at techfanpodcast.com of course the easiest way is to go to our website 
www.techfanpodcast.com uh, and you'll find the show there. You can leave a message right in the show notes. If you're a MyMac.com reader, all the episodes of TechFan are also posted at MyMac.com. Uh, I, I thank the owner of MyMac.com for allowing us to do that. Yeah, very you're, kind of it. Yeah, you're, wel- you're welcome. Um, <laughs> uh, we would love to hear from you. We'd uh, like to expand the show as time goes on. Uh, we'd like to have some more people on the show as time goes on. Unfortunately, our recording schedule is, is nuts. We're not recording even on the normal schedule right now because we didn't have a show last week, David. And this show is being recorded earlier than normal. It's kind of an in-between show, but, you know. You didn't mention to the listeners why that was. Uh, I don't remember why it was, to be honest. Were they they digging up the street outside? Oh, yeah, that's right. We sat down to record last week, and the city decided that they were going to replace some meters, water meters. I'm not sure if it was water meters or sewage meters, but whatever it was, I think it was water. Uh, They came and literally cut the cement. They had this... You know that video? I actually sent David a video of why I couldn't record the podcast. It's insane. The funny thing is, and you probably can't tell from the video, but the person doing the cutting and that giant saw and just dust and everything everywhere from the concrete being cut was a woman. And the two people standing over to the right were two guys just watching her. Well, that's equality for there, you. There, there's your equality. I, I just found it amusing, these two big guys, because she was much smaller than they were. And the holes that they were digging was well over six foot because she was jumping in the hole and completely disappearing. <laughs> for, all, for all you know, she could have got really ticked off if they kept on saying, hey, let me do that for you. Yeah, dude. they were. well, I wouldn't doubt that a minute. Um, but yeah, that's why we couldn't record last week. And by the time they were done, the kids were home from school and there was just no way. So that's why we pushed it. Hopefully, uh, that's kind of a one-off event. I don't expect that again, but... Uh, I do got to go, David. I know you got to go. Getting out of that hotel soon. And we will see everyone next week. You back in the regular digs next week, David? I hope so, but I'm kind of running all over the place at the moment, so play it by ear. Yeah, and definitely because my schedule is going to get crazy in uh, October and November. And then uh, there's some big trade shows that I'll be involved with in 2015. So there's going to be times that... Uh, David's going to be doing it with a co-host or there won't be an episode that week because we're both on the road doing stuff. That's just how our jobs work. But we do appreciate you guys listening. And if you want to contribute to the show, send me an email, tim at techfanpodcast.com because we're looking to expand what we do here on TechFan. We've got someone going to review some, uh, at least one product for us really soon in the near future, David. And he's in your neck of the woods, the UK. I'm looking forward to hearing what he's got to say. Absolutely. So with that, we're going to wrap the show, and uh, we'll see you next week. 